listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschemi. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. The other voice that you're about to hear is that of Craig Boschman as we get set for a 3-3 three and three weekend for the Swift Current Broncos. The 3-3, three and three, not... Uh, not as prominent on the schedule as it used to be, but uh, we got one this weekend, and it's uh, it's a challenging one. Yeah, it's a big one. Starts off Friday in Moose Jaw. Uh, Broncos have beaten Moose Jaw twice so far this year. Those two teams haven't seen each other since, uh, well, it's only been a couple of weeks, I guess, February 4th. That was a 3-1 Moose Jaw win here uh, at the Iplex, so the final meeting of the season between those two on Friday, and then back-to-back home games, Saturday, Sunday, against the Winnipeg Ice, uh, and the final two times the Broncos will see Winnipeg this year, too. The Sunday game, of course, a makeup game from uh, December, a game that got postponed. So back-to-back home games against Winnipeg and a three and three against uh, two teams that are at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. Taking nothing away from any team in the league, as anyone can beat anyone on any given night, but having a look at the Broncos' schedule, it's interesting because it's very, very tough in the next few weeks before some teams that are you know generally around where Swift is in the standings to end off the season yeah this next two week stretch here is, is a pretty difficult one schedule wise you know we touched on the Moose Show, Winnipeg Winnipeg and then Red Deer is here on Wednesday before the Broncos go to Medicine Hat to play the Tigers next Saturday and then they're off until the following weekend when they have back to back against Edmonton on home ice Friday Saturday so uh, a very difficult portion of the schedule coming up here six of their next seven games are against the top four teams in the Eastern Conference so it is a very difficult stretch and then after that as you said it's more against teams that are in that same area as the Broncos with a couple of games against Prince Albert Medicine Hat Regina Calgary Lethbridge so I mean down the stretch here uh, the Broncos could really control their own fate over the final month of the regular season you know the, the way things are going right now would you call Moose Jaw a top-tier team in the league? Well, it just seems like they've found a, a different level to play at basically since Christmas, 14-3, uh, 2-1 since the Christmas break, yeah. and they're kind of just rolling offensively. They were, it didn't seem like that long ago when they were kind of fighting with the Broncos for that eighth spot in the Eastern Conference, and all of a sudden they've got 63 points and they're 19 points up on Swift Current. So they found a new gear here recently, and kudos to them. They've got a, a lot of uh, young guys who are driving that team as well, so they've, uh, they've gotten things going pretty good. Two home games this weekend. It's a, it's a bit of an unusual one because Friday night they're in Moose Jaw taking on the aforementioned Warriors. Saturday, uh, Winnipeg is in town. And then a Sunday 7 p.m. game against Winnipeg as well. Yeah, normally those seven or those uh, Sunday games on the 3 and 3 would be a 4 o'clock or even a 2 o'clock start. But because that was a rescheduled game, you know, the Iplex was, must have been booked for something. So the only time the Broncos could get ice for that game was 7 o'clock. So it is a little strange to have a 7 p.m. game on a Sunday. But so be it. I guess, and uh, back-to-back games against the number one team in the country. And is it Saturday night's game where we celebrate the birthday of the most electrifying mascot in the Western Hockey League? Charlie Horse's birthday, Saturday night against the Winnipeg Ice. It's a big game every year. It's always exciting. Charlie's friends show up as well. There's cupcakes on hand as well for uh, children who come into the building. So always an electric atmosphere to celebrate Charlie Horse's birthday. And uh, hopefully people are going to turn out and they'll try and celebrate a victory with Charlie on Saturday. It makes me feel ancient to point this out, but it's Charlie's 30th birthday. I saw that earlier and I thought, I'm older than Charlie Horse. That 
was my first reaction when I saw that, so that was a little upsetting. But, uh, yeah, big 3-0 for Charlie and a uh, big night again on uh, Saturday against Winnipeg. I remember that. I, 1992, I remember the unveiling of Charlie Horse. I think uh, Trent McCleary, our current board chair, was actually a player on the team back then. And, yeah, get out, celebrate Charlie's birthday. It's going to be uh, a couple of fun ones this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, a couple of 7 p.m. games against the uh, the Winnipeg Ice in a Friday game in Moose Jaw that will follow on WHL Live and on the Eagle 94-1 as well. All right, Broncos This Week podcast coming up quite uh, shortly here. We have interim head coach Devin Pratt to break down the last week of what's been happening on the ice. And our feature guest is going to be Bronco rookie Braden Lewis. This is the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, the coaches segment with interim head coach Devin Pratt. Devin, uh, a lot of playoff style games lately and uh, some some real emotional contests over the past few games here. It looks as though the, the team is really kind of falling into some midseason form here, both in the level of play and the competitiveness, eh? Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of hockey here in the last week and uh, the boys did a good job. I mean, uh, even the game that we didn't have success in and get the result, it was still a very competitive game um, we gave ourselves an opportunity so uh, proud of the boys in the way that we're playing this is the time of year you want to have all the kinks ironed out and you want to be able to put your best foot forward every night so the boys are bringing the energy and the intensity uh, that is needed this time of year for sure it's been three games uh, since we last talked to you I guess we can go in chronological order here and start with the medicine hat game last Friday nice to see the offense kind of just blow up there especially in the third period and uh, pull away with a 7-2 win yeah I thought we got better as the game went on that night I liked our offense the whole night um, for 60 minutes. I thought that defensively we were a little bit loose on our details for the first 20, and then it got better in the middle frame and then was really good in the third. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it works. If you can be really sound defensively, you're going to create more offense too. So uh, always nice to see uh, guys have big nights, but uh, the team as well uh, have a big night offensively and, uh, you know, put more than a few past uh, the old line. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Saturday's game, different story. Plenty of offense Friday night, but a uh, much more tight-checking affair on Saturday, that game against Brandon. Yeah, yeah, it was a good game, too. Um, again, I, I liked our structure that night. I thought we were pretty sound um, on both sides of the puck. And, again, just created opportunities, right? We created opportunities for ourselves. It came down to they scored a couple power play goals, and we scored a power play goal as well, but uh, didn't capitalize on our other opportunities. So, um, you know, five on five, I like the way we played and uh, you know there was a it was another high intensity contest and I thought our guys right down to the final play there with uh, Vincent back checking the 2 on 0 empty net uh, to give us a possession and then to turn that into a scoring chance was uh, was you know success within itself and uh, gave us a nice opportunity in the final seconds there. What was the mood like on the bench when that happened because I thought we were gonna have a Patrick Steffen moment. Yeah yeah you just never know I guess right like there's the 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 emotional roller coaster of you know seeing that you have a two on zero against with an empty net, knowing yep. that Connor's going to back check on it hard, but probably doesn't have much chance of success. But then to have that, and um, I really like the way we transitioned it, drove it in over the line. Lewis uh, Brain did a great job. Louis, uh, you know, delaying and then kicking it to the middle to Van Imp, and he put it across to Filman, and Kruger made a game saving save. And you know, hockey's funny the way it works out. Uh, 
you know, less than 48 hours later in Regina, we have a one-goal lead, and they create a scoring chance, very similar style play uh, with seconds left, and Isaac Poulter stood tall for us. So uh, it all works out in the end. And speaking of that game in Regina, it was a pretty back-and-forth affair, but I really liked the way your team responded quickly after Regina had taken a 2-1 lead, and then also after they tied the game pretty early there in the third period to just get that lead right back. Yeah, I, I liked our uh, mindset from the start, too. We didn't allow the, the score to dictate our effort or our engagement. We were just engaged right away, and, um, you know, we were driving the net, and guys were getting rewarded. Nice to see uh, Kinger Carson going to the net a couple times. Uh, he's a big body who has good hands, and he put them to use, uh, which was great for us. And then uh, Josh Davies putting home uh, a missile from Connor Havidson off the crossbar there was a nice shot. Um, uh, so that was a nice play, driving the net. And then even in the third when we gave up the lead, kind of have that response right away and just a real nice play by Josh. And he was actually looking for the backside and it, uh, you know, put pucks on net and good things happen. Yeah, that can be a really tough rink to win in. And I want to talk about, you know, the atmosphere of that game because it's something that this team hasn't experienced a lot of. You had 5,700 fans there in Regina. A lot of folks from Swift Current made the trip that were making some noise. But the atmosphere in that rink can be very inhospitable for opposition. And I thought it was great that you guys were able to get a W out of there. But what was it like, you know, playing in that big game type field with a hyped crowd again? Yeah, it was nice. Um, you know, it's always, uh, you always notice when there's a few more bums in the seats for sure. Um, um, and in the rink, and uh, there was a lot of kids there having to be family day in an afternoon game, and there was uh, just an added element. Um, but, you know, Regina does a good job. Uh, you know, like every team in this league, they're hosting when they score. It's going to get loud. It's going to be loud in there with the horns and the big score clock, and um, it's always fun. I mean, you know, whether we have a big crowd at home here or we're on the road, that added energy is always a nice element, and uh, at the end of the day, everyone's a fan of just good hockey, and that's kind of, you know, what was played that night both teams uh, kind of going chance for chance and creating opportunities and a nice display of intensity and skill I think that was kind of looked at as one of those games that was you know it's tough to say a must win game but one of those ones that had a little extra importance considering the standings between you and Regina so to go in there and get that regulation win was just a huge boost as well yeah yeah I mean we're into that crunch time of the year and um, you know we have a tough part of our schedule coming up here where we want to play some quality hockey um, put some strong 60-minute efforts together and I think you know come the end it's it's tough to be in the moment um, we want to play every game like it's a must win um, with that mentality of finding ways to you know keep games in striking distance or to get leads and hold leads late and um, all the details that good teams have and um, but at the end of the year I think when the regular season's over you look back and when you look back you look at the teams that you're fighting with and how were you able to do against them down the stretch so um, you know we have them a few more times the job's not done um, and that kind of goes across the board within our schedule we have uh, quite a few games uh, amongst the teams that are fighting with us for you know one of the the couple playoff spots that are open here you're you're missing a big part of your lineup literally and figuratively with Cole Nagy being out can you give us an update on on where he's at and and when we might see him again yeah Cole skated uh, here today as in a non-contact and you know it's um, a week-to-week to a day-to-day kind of thing so we're hoping we can get that down to the day-to-day status by the weekend here and see where he fits and uh, if not hopefully next week 
week, but uh, there's no rush and there's no uh, necessarily strict timeline to it. Um, but uh, yeah, he is a big body and he is a presence for us. So uh, anytime we can get that back injected in our lineup, it's always a boost. You mentioned a tough stretch of the schedule coming up here. Uh, we'll have four games before our next podcast comes out. And those four games are all against teams that are top four in the Eastern Conference. Friday and Moose shot back to back against Winnipeg and then facing off against Red Deer next Wednesday on home ice. So it is a difficult stretch, like you said, here and a chance to try and step up and skate with some of these teams that you have done over the course of this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, we want to give ourselves quality efforts. Like I said, it's the time of year that, um, you know, these teams that we're facing, they are structurally sound. Uh, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders and uh, they're giving themselves a chance to, to win every night. So uh, for our guys, that's the steps in the direction that we want to go um, as a group. And this is a nice measuring stick. The, the other side of it too is like, you know, we all want to make playoffs. The drive is to make playoffs, but you don't want to just make playoffs to be there. You want to be able to be competitive and then make some noise once you get in. So this is a great measuring stick here, this next stretch for our guys as to, you know, uh, where we're at, what we need to work on and what we need to own and tidy up here to give ourselves an opportunity of uh, not only getting in, but making some noise when you're there. Yeah. It, one, one more injury related question. I want to ask you on the status of Caleb Y. Rostock, who we saw had to leave the, the game against Regina a little earlier than he would have liked. Yeah. Caleb, um, he's dealing with the lower body injury here and he's getting uh, reevaluated. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think it might be a lengthier thing for him. Um, something that he's kind of been battling that's been minor for a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, it may have slipped into something that's a little bit more major. So, uh, you know, Caleb's a competitive kid. Um, you know, he, he plays with high energy. He's strong. He can score. Uh, and he's a little bit of a throwback. He's reckless out there with his body, putting it on the line for the group. So, um, you know, an opportunity for someone in our lineup to step up and bring those elements to their game. All right. Well, Devin, thank you so much for making your way down to, to this end of the rink for, uh, for our weekly chat and very much looking forward to chatting with you next week, man. Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. <laughs> it's the Broncos This Week podcast. we got our feature guest, the pride of Verdon, Manitoba. <laughs> Braden Lewis joining us right now. Verdon, Manitoba, what's something cool about Verdon? Um... Totally putting you on the spot. Yeah, here. no kidding. Uh, I mean, it's a community where you walk down the street and pretty much everyone knows who you are. So, I mean, that aspect of it's pretty cool. And, I mean, anytime you have a junior team in that small of a town, it's, it brings out the atmosphere of what it's really like to live in Verdon. So, I feel like the hockey and the people are what stands out about the town. And I was hoping that you'd sell Verdon on me because for <laughs> me, it's a place where people get speeding tickets. Like, is that still a thing? Because I know along the number one highway, like the Verdon RCMP used to just make a killing on speeding yeah. tickets. Is, is that still a big thing there? Uh, I feel like I'm not the guy to ask. I'd <laughs> like to think I'm a good driver, but I mean, some people may say otherwise. But <laughs> Does, you, you keep it under the limit, doesn't yeah. affect you, all yeah, good. exactly. All good. So, you know, growing up in a small town like Verdon probably, you know, helped out with the transition to Swift Current, which, you know, population-wise isn't that much bigger, eh? Yeah. I mean, when looking at Swift Current, that was one of the big things I looked out or stood out was just the people and how close the community really was to the hockey team. So, I mean, coming from a town where the oil caps were a big part of the community, I found Swift Current is a lot just like that. So, it was definitely a big eye-opener for me, just being making me feel more at home. 
Well, and becoming a Bronco, of course, you were drafted in the 2018 WHL draft by Swift Current. That, of course, was the year they were going on their big championship run. <laughs> so how closely were you following the draft? And, and when you saw you were picked by Swift, I'm sure you looked at the playoff schedule and thought, holy smokes, that's where I'm going? Yeah, uh, it's pretty overwhelming looking at the organization I was coming to and how successful they have been in past history. And especially that season, I was lucky enough to go to the... Memorial Cup game where they played Athlete Bathurst. Is that how you say it? Athlete Bathurst. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to experience that and look at all the unbelievable players they had that year. So that was definitely cool. You know, it, it must be cool being a part of things now um, because, you know, the, the best years for this team are obviously ahead of them, but it must be exciting to be part of a young group with, with a bright future, eh? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people look at this team and they think rebuild, and when we look at it, we think success coming up, right? I think we're ahead of where people thought we were going to be just coming up, so I think we're definitely going in the right track with the success and the development of our players that we have right now. How much of that is a, is a motivational thing for you guys when you say people look at this team and think, you know, they're a young team, they're, you know, an easy two points, etc. So how much of that is motivation for you guys to go out there and sort of prove them wrong? I mean... It's it's definitely a big thing for me. I know there's a lot of guys like me, but like people hating on you, it just fuels a fire. So I feel with this group, that's definitely something that fires us up a little bit. And at the start of the year, I think a lot of people looked us over, and now by this time, they're thinking, "Wow, we we need to watch out for them." So, how was the the hub experience for you? I mean, that's a, that's a unique way to start your Western Hockey League career. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Obviously not nobody's really experienced that type of atmosphere before so it was you're kind of going into it blind because you couldn't ask like past players or anyone what it was like so it's definitely interesting I mean playing in front of no fans for 24 games is it was an unsettling feeling kind of at the start you didn't know what to expect so it's it was different I guess I could say how did you find no fans? Because you were playing, you know, U18, U15, where there's still people in the stands, you know, parents mm-hmm. and, and stuff are in the stands. But, you know, you hadn't played a game where there was a couple thousand people aside from maybe your one game in the, with the Broncos back in mm-hmm. 1920. So playing with no fans whatsoever in the building, was it that much of an adjustment for you? Uh, it definitely took some getting used to, I find. You know, you don't get that experience of scoring a goal and the crowd going wild. It was more of just some music and some f- faint crowd noise kind of put in the back. So, yeah, it was definitely weird. So what was it like, you know, earlier this week playing in front of, you know, close to a packed house? I mean, it's been a while since any junior team in the Canadian Prairies has played against almost or played in front of almost 6,000 fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was it like again, you know, in Regina being in a building with atmosphere? Yeah, it was, I'd say, it was one of the coolest moments I've had playing hockey, especially when they started getting their clappers going, all the elderly people in the crowd with those and then they started getting their go pats go chant is is almost feel to us too just because it was so loud and it's something you don't see every game so it's definitely a really cool experience and I hope to experience that again there yeah, I remember there was a game like that in Brandon earlier this mm-hmm. year too the first time the team was there I think it was about 4400 but yeah and speaking of Brandon that's the closest team to your hometown of Verdon and your parents uh, Dale and Tracy pretty well traveled do they come out to a lot of games whether it's uh, here in Swift Current or on the road yeah they're unbelievable with the support that they give me I mean 
I'm pretty sure they've been at almost every home game as well. So, yeah, I can't thank them enough for everything they've done for me in my past. You know, waking up in those early cold mornings, driving me to hockey, taking me to breakfast club before school. It's I can't even put into words how thankful I am for them. So, you got the shout out to mom and dad looked after here. Uh, what about your billet family? Uh, who are you with and, and how's that experience going for you? I'm with the Dawes. They have been unbelievable to me. They've since the first day I've came in they've treated me like one of their own kids so I definitely got lucky with being put with them and I couldn't have asked for anyone better I remember talking to you uh, when you were still just a prospect at the time and you told me about your relationship with your brother Tanner who mm-hmm. is he still a coach with the he is, with the, yeah. the Southwest Cougars so mm-hmm. um, so yeah talk about your relationship with your brother he's uh, you know seven years older than you but uh, just how much of an impact has he had on you as well uh, it's I mean, he's my built-in best friend, right? So, I mean, growing up as a young kid, I got to watch him do everything and then try to repeat what he was doing, right? So, it's super easy for me because he kind of, like, made that path for me and through uh, Bantam, through AAA, and then he eventually got drafted to the Moose Jaw. So, that was cool. I got to experience his first camp with him. I mean, going to camp and seeing guys like... uh, What's, what's Howden's older brother name? Uh, is it Quentin or? Yeah, the older one. So I got to see him. Uh, it was Braden Point's first camp, so I got to see him as a young player, which was unbelievable. I mean, there's so many good players at that camp. And then, I mean, like, he's been so supportive with everything, too. I mean, I was able to have him as a coach in my when I was 16 and my last year in midget, too. So uh, we've been close our whole life. And he must have enjoyed coaching you because you put up some serious points in your uh, in your last year in midget. You know, what, what was that like, you know, playing for your brother and obviously playing such an important role with that team? Yeah, I mean, at the start of the year, I was told as one of the guys that they were going to look on for offense, defense, and anything in between. So, I mean, I took that with pride. I mean, it's not every day you get told that as a player. So, especially playing with all those guys, I mean... In a small town or a small area like Southwest, I mean, you play against all your teammates growing up and then you play with a lot of them too as well. So it's definitely unique in that sense. And you guys had a pretty good team that year. Uh, I know you were supposed to host the regionals for the TELUS Cup as well that season. So, you know, talk us through the regular season. You guys finished right near the top of the league, looks like fourth uh, in the league, and it just must have been such a gut punch to have the playoffs kind of taken away from you. Yeah, I mean... One of the worst parts was we were playing our best hockey in our second half, too. I think we only had, like, three or four losses in that second half. So, I mean, if you if you talk to Dicker, he thinks he would have beat us in those playoffs. But, I mean, I guess we'll never know, right? So, yeah. So you're here enjoying your first full season of, of Western Hockey League action. You know, how's the how's everything gone for you? Because it's it's a grind and it's tough, you know, balancing schoolwork with, you know, a couple practices a day. How have you done with everything? I felt like it's it's an adjustment. I mean, with anything, you got to adjust to anything on the fly. I mean, this year uh, injuries haven't been too kind to me, so I've got to learn through that and I've feel like I'm a person who tries to find the bright spot in dark areas and I felt like with my time that I've had with injuries I felt like my mental toughness has gotten a lot better if if that makes sense but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean especially going from 24 games in the bubble last year to 68 this year was definitely I mean you're looking at the schedule and you're going holy that is a lot of games at the start of the year so 
So what are some of the things that you're doing, you know, when you're talking about going through those dark times with injuries? Mm-hmm. You know, you're out for quite a while with that wrist injury you suffered back in Winnipeg. You know, what are some of the things that you're doing or who are some of the people that you're leaning on to try and make sure that you're feeling okay to get through the, the day-to-day grind of getting back to full health? I mean, one of the most important parts is coming to the day or coming coming to the rink every day and hanging out with the boys. I mean, they're... They're, every single one of them can bring you up with at, at any part of the day if you like. So, I mean, it's a band of brothers in there. Uh, you couldn't break us up no matter what you threw at us. So I definitely want to thank them. And then, of course, Andrew. I mean, he put up with me for those seven and a half weeks. I'm sure I got a bit annoying by the end. But, yeah, I couldn't thank them. Yeah, You know, there's obviously a lot that happens at the rink that keeps you busy, but uh, away from the rink, what kind of stuff are you into? You Netflix guy, video game guy? I'm kind of all over. I go through my little stints of everything. I've kind of, when I got COVID there, I was grinding on some NHL a little bit, and then I started... <laughs> I started Breaking Bad and finished that all within about two months, so it was definitely interesting. So, yeah, I try to find little things to keep myself busy. I find if I sit for too long, I get a little antsy and get bored, so. Off-seasons in Verdon, what's sort of the, the day-to-day like for you when uh, when you're not, your whole day is not focused around hockey? Mm-hmm. So, I guess it starts in the morning with hockey, going to Brandon, me and my buddy drive out there, and then it's usually come back work out or skate again in the afternoon with our skating coach and then it's usually hang out with the buddies go golfing go boating but this year is kind of a dry year so we couldn't boat as much by the end of the summer which is kind of sucked but hopefully this year we can definitely spend a lot more time together yeah lots of great lakes in uh, in that part of the world um <laughs> you know per- personally what are some goals that you have for your western hockey league career I mean, I feel like the one that everyone shares is win a WHL championship and one day hopefully make it to the Memorial Cup is something I've always looked forward to. I mean, when you watch the videos of the WHL championship game that they had here, it's it's definitely something that you want to have happen and bring to the city of Swift Current. And you must be confident in this group, I and mean, we know that you guys are fighting for a playoff spot right now, and then when you look at next season, we know that everyone's going to be a year older and more experienced, so I can only imagine how excited you guys must be to spend the next couple of years together to sort of build towards that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a guy who wants to look too far in the future. I'm more of a guy who wants to worry about the now, so I feel right now we're trying to push for that, either that seventh or eighth playoff spot, and I think we definitely have the group to do it, so... Right on. Well, Braden, thank you very much for coming and having this chat with us today. Greatly appreciate you uh, joining us as our feature guest this week, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Braden Lewis on the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt and Braden Lewis, our feature guest on this week's Broncos This Week podcast. Getting set for a 3-3 three and three weekend, beginning with uh, some Friday night action against uh, a team that's really, well, I don't want to say they've come out of nowhere and not respect him, but uh, I would say that the Moose Jaw Warriors are definitely overachieving this year. Yeah, they just, I mean, they have some high-end talent, not only older guys and guys like uh, Ryder Korzak and Damon Hunt, but then they're younger guys too. I mean, Braden Yeager is uh, an 05-born player, and he's got, I think, 23 or 24 goals this year. Uh, Jagger Furkus has just exploded offensively as, a, as an 04 first-year eligible draft guy. So uh, Musha is getting contributions from basically everybody right now, and it's uh, it's helped them up to fourth in the Eastern Conference, and they've probably got their sights set on going even higher. They're only a couple of points behind Red Deer for third. 
Yeah, and then uh, a couple of home games for the Broncos this weekend, both against the Winnipeg Ice, Saturday and Sunday. Both games starting at 7 o'clock. The game on Sunday is a rescheduled one from earlier this year, and due to ice availability, that's why we got to do the Sunday at 7 p.m. thing. But that Saturday game against Winnipeg, we're also celebrating the birthday of a key member of the Bronco family. 30th birthday for Charlie Horse on uh, Saturday night, and uh, like you said, Winnipeg is, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the league, if not uh, the entire country. So big weekend coming up. I remember last time Winnipeg was here was quite a while ago, and that was about as entertaining a 4-3 game as you're going to see with Matt Savoy scoring the eventual game winner with about a minute and a half left in regulation. So uh, the games in Winnipeg recently haven't been too kind to Swift Current. They're looking for a little uh, better performance on home ice uh, this coming weekend. And two games back-to-back against uh, one of the top teams in the country is not an easy task, but uh, the Broncos have certainly uh, shown that they can skate with that team uh, when they've played them so far this year. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.